All right, how's everybody doing? Let me just say thank you very much. I, I always think it's a, it's a privilege and it's an honor to uh, talk about God's Word with God's people. And um, the fact that Antley would let people do this, I think... Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks. Um, it's, really, it's really a good thing. It's a, it's a unique thing. Um, I'm always just really grateful for it. It's, it's a big deal. It's a privilege. So let me just say thank you to you, too, as a church family. I beg for your grace right now. It's a great opportunity to exercise grace when you hear somebody new <laughs> speaking, and it's a great thing that our church does. So um, I love the vein that we're, we're approaching. I love the scriptures. I, I revere them. I don't worship them. I worship God, but I love the scriptures, and uh, I love thinking deeply upon them, and I like that we're, we're beginning to kind of discuss where they fit into our lives. Are they valuable to us? What do we do with them? Do we read them every day? Do we just memorize them? What's, what's, their, what's their position in our life? And I like exploring those sorts of conversations and those topics and ideas. So I figured the way I do that is I like to do it with questions, okay? And I like to just start with a question and then go from there. And so let me ask you this. Uh, do you think that observing the scriptures can build the culture of God in our life? Do you think, do you think it can? And, I, and the culture of God, I'll unpack that a little bit later, but think of it like it's everything that's wrapped up in the kingdom of God. It's everything that's good about God, honoring about God, it's love. All the stories that you hear in testimonies, like all of that's wrapped up in the culture of God. And so this question, I think, is an important question. It's like a serious one. It's a big one. I think we all wrestle with it, too. If, we, if we're following Jesus and we, we carry around the word, we want to figure out where does the word, what role does it play in our life? And so I would tell you, next slide, is that, yeah, I, I think observing the scriptures builds the culture of God inside of us. I do. I think the scriptures tell us this. I think there's a lot of examples in it. I think there's something going on in the scriptures that compels me to believe this. Because when, when I approach the scriptures, I approach them as if they're from another planet. I really do. Because they, they, in a way, they're from another planet. And as a church, we believe they're from God. They're breathed by God. They're inspired by God. We agree with church tradition in that. Okay, And so as we approach them, I think there's things to observe and uncover. And this act of observing... Um, it's kind of like it's a practice, it's a discipline, it's a skill, it's, it's an art, it's, it's, it's kind of like people watching. How many people watchers do we have in here? There's more of you. We all people watch. <laughs> but it's, you know, and some people are really good at observing. Like, you know people who, who are very observant, right? And then there's people that are not, and that's me, okay? I can't find my socks ever, you know? I can't, I, I'm not, I just, I don't catch things immediately, and so a lot of stuff gets by me. So I'm the guy that has to apply a lot of energy and effort to observing. And so one way I do that's through people watching. And I like to watch people at dance parties. That's kind of my deal. I used to DJ on the side a little bit, like a wedding DJ. (laughs) That was a side hustle. And so when you DJ, you see all kinds of interesting things. You see like what's true about people come out of them on the dance floor. And so I like to sit there and just kind of watch them and observe them. And you always see who the free spirit is right away, right? You see who the introvert is. You see who the extrovert is. And then sometimes it's like the chicken hatching out of the egg, like there's a person that's in the corner in the beginning of the party, but then they can't help it, and all of a sudden their true self busts out of the shell, and then they let loose, and they're free. And there's something just really beautiful about that. And I sit there, and I observe it. I watch it. Because like in this process of observing, you're actually learning. Okay, so I'm learning about these people as they dance. I'm learning about the rhythm. 
and I'm learning about the rhythm I probably don't have, and I'm being inspired by what they're doing, and I'm saying, that guy, he's got moves. He's smooth. Like Tom Rossi, have you seen Rossi dance? Dude can kill the worm. He smashes it. I don't know when's the last time you saw Rossi do that. He will worm across the room. <laughs> he can do it. I don't, I'll never be able to do it, but that inspires me, okay? And I want that. I want those moves. I want that rhythm. I want that courage. I want that boldness. There's something about it that, that happens that inspires us when, when we engage in observing those things. And that's why I think it's really important. I think it's a, it's a real practice that um, I think the scriptures are telling us to implement into our lives, to build into our lives as this kind of structured rhythm where we slow down, we watch, and we observe. And there's, there's always things to be observed in the scriptures. And so I see God doing this with this guy named Joshua in the Bible. He's got a great name. I can relate to him. And Joshua was a pretty important guy in the nation of, of Israel. He was a military commander. He was an assistant to Moses, okay? He was uh, a man that was really set apart by God. When God referred to him, he said, in whom is the Spirit. So he's, he was a big deal, and he was next in line, a successor to Moses. And so in the book of Joshua, as it intros into his account, his, the story of him, it's, it's all about God commissioning him and encouraging him and instructing him. And God's saying these big, beautiful things to Joshua because, I mean, he's getting him ready. He's filling him up for this big task. He's going to manage people, a large nation of people. He's going to lead. He's going to deal with all the problems and headaches that come along with that. He's, he's going to be charged with making sure they continue to worship God. So there's a lot of things that he's getting Joshua ready to do. And so I just wanted to, I saw something interesting in there, and I just wanted to camp out there just for a second and take a look. And this is something you do when you observe the scriptures. If you see something interesting, if you see something fascinating, stop and look at it and dig and excavate. So let's join together. Why don't you come with me and we'll, we'll read through this real quick. Notice this. So God is saying all these beautiful things and, and he says this to Joshua. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. If you notice, I think it's really fascinating that he tells Joshua to meditate. And that word, that word meditate in the Hebrew in this case, it means to think. It means, it means to muse. It means to slow down and think deeply about something. And it, it's, it's like God's telling him to think deeply about my ways, to put them on your mouth and think about them day and night. Like he's telling Joshua to build this rhythm in his life, day and night, day and night, day and night. Think deeply about who I am and what I'm doing. So it must be, it must be vitally important if God said it in this way to him. And think of it in the midst of everything else that's in Joshua's mind right now. He's assuming command of people. And God is, through all that, he's saying, slow down, think about my ways. Put them on your mouth. And look at the word careful. He says, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is in it. That word careful in the Hebrew, it means to observe. It's a practice. It's something that we do with the scriptures, I think. I feel like he's telling him to do that. So God seems to be saying to Joshua, 
Carve out dedicated space and time in your life to have this channel of access to me and my heart and my ways so that they will constantly inform your faith about who I am and what I'm doing on this planet. I love that. I want that. That's, that sounds to me like God's putting a direct pipeline of culture into Joshua because he's going to need it. He's going to need it. If he wants to see like God sees, he's got to make sure God is the one informing him about God. Charles Spurgeon, consider this quote. He says this, uh, great Baptist preacher. He says, protracted fellowship brings a nearness which brief communion cannot attain. And I don't think God is telling Joshua to have brief communion with him. And communion is, it's communing, it's being together, it's interchanging thoughts and feelings and emotions. And there's something about brevity that just isn't good enough. Our souls need more than that. And of course, God knew that. And so he's instructing Joshua to go for more and to make it a structured rhythm in your life because you're going to need it. So observing the scriptures builds the culture of God inside of us. I believe that. And I use that word build for a reason. When I hear the word build, I work for a home builder. We build houses. And building is a process. And there's struggle. And there's tension. And there's lots of hands and lots of pieces. And it's not easy. And I don't want you to hear me saying that this is easy. Because when I see God saying it to Joshua, I don't hear ease. It doesn't sound easy to me. And there's a few reasons why I don't think it's easy. I don't think it's easy not only because the time piece, where we've, we dedicate time and space to this activity of communing with the Lord. But also, and I, I've felt great empathy this whole week while I've been communing and meditating on these scriptures about people who struggle with the scriptures. Sometimes, sometimes it's hard to believe them. And that's okay. I want you to know that that's okay. This can be a place for you to wrestle with unbelief. This can be a place for you to wrestle with those questions. And I also know that sometimes we have difficulty believing the scriptures because, frankly, our life does not line up with them. I understand. I've had those dark nights of the soul. I've had the gun in my mouth. I've had the dead baby in my arms. I've asked the big questions. And that's part of the deal, and I understand that. And I want you to know you can bring that stuff here to your community, your family, and work through them. I'd rather you work through them here with us than anywhere else. And guess what? God can handle our questions. He can handle our doubts. The scriptures, they can flex with them. They can absorb that sort of stuff. We can lean on them. So I submit to you that in the dark and difficult seasons when belief in God and his goodness seems absurd. And I know there are those times because I've had those times. Perhaps maybe we can allow the scriptures to believe for us. Maybe that's something they can do. Have you ever read the Psalms? It's nothing but raw emotion and intensity and humanity. It's the psalmist crying out to God back and forth asking big, big questions, being very frank and blunt. I don't have this one. You have to open your Bibles that Antley told you to bring last week. The chapter 77. This one's not on the slide on purpose. The psalmist in 77, this is a good one. Listen to him. Listen to his heart. Listen to his emotion. He says, when I remember God, I moan. 
When I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. Are you relating? I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. That word meditate in the Hebrew in this instant means to commune. And commune means to interchange feelings and thoughts and emotions. And can you see that he's trying to do that with the creator here? He's trying. It's hard, but he's trying. And then he says, Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? These are huge questions. Has God forgotten to be gracious? Can you even ask that stuff? They are in the Bible. Has he, in anger, shut up his compassion? He's in a dark place. And so, what does he do? What is his response? Do answers come after he asks all those questions? Well, watch. Listen. Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. So what does he do? When he can't see God working in his life, when he can't see the works of the Lord in his own life, he turns to the scriptures. He thinks about what God has done in the past. And maybe we could consider doing that as well. You heard his works in testimonies. You hear that weekly. And then we hear his works in the scriptures. They're there. And they're for us to claim as well. They're testimonies for us to to read. And maybe it's tough to believe them as we read them. But what we do is we still move forward. And maybe possibly, maybe possibly as we read them, as we observe God in the scriptures, something begins to rebuild and re-inspire belief in us. And now that feels good, kind of like when you're ready to get on the dance floor and you're inspired and you really you believe again that you can dance, that you can do this because of everything else that you're observing. I think that happens. And when that re-inspired belief begins to take root, it bends our heart towards what is true. And what is true is good. And what is true is found in God. And this newly inspired belief, it feeds faith. It really does. It's like fuel for it. It's gas on the fire. And faith is the heart of the soul feeding the rhythm of kingdom living. So, question, what is kingdom living? I like thinking about that. What is it? Well, kingdom living, again, we've just heard a little bit of it in testimonies. Kingdom living is the release of the culture God is building into our hearts that he wants to get into the streets. It's that culture, that culture of God, the the activity of God, the intervention of God, the love of God, the outpouring of God. It's it coming out and going around us. And so, again, observing God in the scriptures, I think it does. I think it builds the culture of God inside of us. And so the next logical question you may be thinking is, what is culture? I know there's all kinds of terms for that. And it's good. We should define it. And it's defined this way. On dictionary.com, it's defined as the sum total ways of living built up by a group of human beings and transmitted from one generation to another. And you're probably thinking, thanks, Josh. It sounds like we're in college. (laughs) You know, you're not helping here. Okay, well, then what if we do this? Because we're trying to understand the kingdom living 
the ways of God, living in the kingdom, the culture of God, this culture we want to build in our hearts. Okay, what if we just redefine it? Let's redefine it. We can do that. We can do that. We can do whatever we want. Let's redefine it. What if it's this? What if the culture of God is this? The culture of God is the sum total ways of living built up by God and transmitted to human beings. Yeah, I want that again. Bring it. Transmit it to me. And so how do we learn about the sum total living built up by God? In other words, the ways of God living in the kingdom. How do we learn that? I think we observe them in the scriptures. I think that's one of the ways. It becomes that structured rhythm like God was telling Joshua. We go back and we observe. We go back and we observe and we connect with the Holy Spirit. So how are the ways of godly living transmitted to us? This transmission, it's the Holy Spirit. We're Spirit-filled people here. We believe in life led by the Spirit. We're not just, we're not just led by principle. We're led by Spirit. And so it's the Holy Spirit that transmits those things to us. And how does He do that? It's a great question. By communing with Him. By interchanging thoughts and emotions and feelings with Him in a time and space that's just us. And it's really a get-to. It's not a have-to at all. This is not a have-to. Because many people will go through life and they'll miss it. And it, you're just, we're just missing it, that's all. But this is a get-to. There's nothing to feel bad about here. There's no shame. There's no guilt. This is something we get to join into with God. We get to go and observe Him in the Scriptures so that His culture will be built inside of us and outside of us. And I think, I think God was telling Joshua, instructing him to build... This, this really sturdy architecture of connection with him that would be long-lasting, that would lead them into this deep, deep, deep friendship with God. Friendship, I hear that word, and I like words. I, I hear that word, and, I, and it feels so good, and I want it so much. Like, it stirs my soul. I want friendship with God, and I want to do whatever is necessary to build something in place in my life that will foster and feed that friendship, that will build belief, that feeds faith, that beats my spiritual heart. And, and I think what God was desiring, too, is he wanted agreement with Joshua, perfect agreement, because Joshua was going to need it, just like we still need it. And so this remains true, I believe, for us. And how do I know that? Well, we have the Holy Spirit. God's living inside of us now. He's with us. Of course he wants this nonstop communion, this uninterrupted flow. I mean, Jesus said that he would give us the Holy Spirit, the Helper the comforter, the guide, the teacher, our advocate. The Holy Spirit, he's always writing. He's always writing his word on our heart, always ready and willing to commune with us. Consider this from the great theologian, Chance the Rapper. (laughs) Hey, you've got to find God and observe him in everything. He says in his, his song, All We Got, I get my word from the sermon. I do not talk to the serpent. That's the holistic discernment. He's talking about source, where he gets his truth, where he goes, where he returns, what's causing that flow that he joins in with God. The sermon never ends. It's always being written on our hearts, telling us that the kingdom has come and the kingdom is coming, that God has spoken and God is still speaking, which means There's still much to see. There's still much to hear, which makes it really fun to commune with that. So let's finish on this. Remember what God told Joshua. 
He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. And don't forget, don't forget that we're to meditate on everything that was written in the New Testament too and everything Jesus said and done. And so go to him. Find him in the scriptures if you're having trouble believing, if you're doubting. Just consider God and Jesus in the scriptures. It's there. It's written. He said we would do the same things and more. That's what the scriptures say. That's where they compel me towards. Let the scriptures be your friend. Lean on them. Trust them. Let them help in that process of building the culture of God in your heart. It's real. It's good. And in that dark night, when the season is tough, you can lean on them. They can help you believe that God is good. They can at least say it for you. Let's stand. I love your scriptures, Lord. We love them. I love truth. And I love when you share it with us. And I love I love the truth of Jesus. I love that truth as a person that can handle our doubts and unbelief and, and troubles. Holy Spirit, I just pray you would come and you would reignite and re-inspire belief in us that need it. You would re-inspire faith that you would contract our spiritual hearts again with you. I, f- I pray that you would comfort people, Holy Spirit, that feel isolated like they can't hear from God, like they're not experiencing what they see in the Scriptures, and they feel like they don't belong. And I just pray against those lies. You do belong. Would you come, Holy Spirit, fill their minds and their hearts, fill our minds and our hearts. Show us a time and space to commit to you, to think deeply on you, to tell you about our thoughts and our feelings. I love you, Lord. I love that you can handle those things and you welcome them. I love your love.